Good evening, everyone. As Christopher said, I don't know where he went. My name is Sean McEntee. Um, I did lose that fight, but I still won Heather, so don't know how that works. Um, but yeah, you guys, I am I am so pumped you guys are here, like legitimately, like we have been we have been so amped about tonight. This is the first time we've been on campus doing a large group in like four years. Um, so you guys are part of something special. So as we've said multiple times, we are Chi Alpha. If you did not know that, welcome. Um, we are a Christian organization on campus. And like just for everyone always kind of wonders this, so for transparency, we are a part of the Assemblies of God Church. Um, but Chi Alpha itself is actually interdenominational, meaning doesn't matter what you believe, you're welcome here. You don't even have to be a Christian. You are welcome, and we, we are so glad um, that you guys are here. And so you hear that, okay, oh, this is like, you know, you have this denomination that's kind of behind that. So what is, does that mean? Like, does that mean our goal in Chi Alpha is that every one of you guys would, you know, go to a Assemblies of God church on Sunday mornings? Is that our goal for you? And the answer is no. But it does make us think, okay, what is our goal? What is our goal for you guys? Um, if you stick around with us for this year, right, what is our hope and our goal for you? And our hope and our goal for you is that you would know God. Not know about Him, but that you would know God. Our goal is that you guys would know how to take this book right here, the Bible, and you'd know how to understand it, right? That you would know how to, to read it and understand what God is wanting to say to you. Our goal is that you guys would be able to hear the voice of God, actually know when God is speaking to you, and then be able to respond, right? And when God says, hey, this is something in your life, you would actually know how to be obedient to what God says when he says it to you. Our goal for you guys is that you would be able to go to bed on Saturday night and have no regret and no remorse and wake up Sunday morning and know that Jesus is pleased with your life. And if you stick with us for this year, our goal is that you would grow in spiritual maturity, that you would not be the same person a year from now that you are today. And that through that maturity that God does in your life, you would be able to do through your life what God has done in your life. If you stick with us till the end of the year, our goal is that you would know that you would know that you would know that you know God and that He knows you. Sound like something good? Yeah. That, that I mean, ma'am, what, what's going on tonight is such a big deal. I don't even know if many of y'all know uh, a year from now, you, you might not be the same person, and that will be the best thing. It won't be something you look back on and go, man, I, I wish I was who I was, you know, for first semester freshman year, but you will be a different person. So I know these guys are going to not like it, um, but that's fine. Um, so I would like three of my brothers, three of my best friends in this room to stand up. So Jeffrey Godfrey, Charles Anthony Murray Sombrio, and Christopher Paul Mancius. Ch it's Jeffrey Scott Godfrey. Sorry. So these three guys are some of the, yes, they deserve it. <laughs> All right, you guys can sit back down. I just wanted you to see them. I love these guys. I don't think that e any of the three of them fully comprehend how much I have been changed by them. Um, I know I tell them, and I know we know that we've, you know, helped each other grow, but I don't know if you guys know how much. And so 
I'm thinking about these guys um, as I'm, you know, preparing, and I'm like, okay, why, why are these guys some of my best friends? Why are they my brothers? Um, and I just kind of, you know, I was like, all right, well, you know, we work together, um, we've, we joke together, we laugh together, we've been through some pretty hard stuff together. Um, but then I was like, you know, like a lot of people, and I was like, what, what is it that's made these guys my brothers? Um, and I think it boiled down to the fact that we fought with each other. Um, and that sounds like, okay, like what, you know, you, you fight each other. And yes, we fight um, over some very, very, very stupid things. Um, Charles is laughing. He already knows. Uh, we also have fought over some real stuff, some, some stuff where we've hurt each other, we've had to forgive each other. And so, you know, thinking first, uh, Christopher, only our staff knows about this. I think Charles already knows. One of the stupidest but maybe the most intense fights I've ever got in with, with Christopher was over whether a fast food restaurant was indeed good or bad. And so, have you guys heard of Boston Market? <laughs> Christopher and I literally, we were in a van with like six other people and we were yelling at each other for like an hour straight and everyone else was just like, shut up. Like, and it was, I mean, it was, it was one of the funnest. I think we were both kind of getting mad, actually, like to the point where it was like it was personal at this point. Um, but I will not go into all the details of either side. Um, but Christopher and I also, you know, we've known each other for nine years. Um, and we've had some times where we've really fought with each other. I, I was even just thinking last night, it was like a year ago, we had had a, a meeting and you know, I had been hurt by something that he didn't realize he had done, and so then I hurt him back, and then he called me, and I'm on the, on the, uh, the track around the rec field. And it was like, it was a tense conversation, and we were like, we were, we were pushing at each other, we were fighting, and man, it got to this point where I was like, look, I'm wrong, Christopher, I'm sorry. And then he said, hey, I was wrong in this. I'm sorry. And we, we didn't just, like Brooklyn said, we didn't just get mad and stop. We fought through it. We, it wasn't the most fun conversation. But man, we know, I, if there's anyone in this room who has shown me what it looks like to be forgiven and to forgive, it's Christopher. I've watched him do it with others, and I've watched him do it with me. And that has bonded us as brothers. I think of Charles. Um, I don't know if a day goes by that him and I don't disagree on something. Um, usually it's like, what's good food? What's good movies? What's uh, good music? So pretty, we are both very, very, very opinionated people. Um, and I love that. I love arguing with Charles. I think from the outside, some might be like, those guys hate each other. It's like, no, we just like to disagree on our, our very strongly held opinions. Um, I like 21 Pilots. He doesn't. I like Chicken Tenders. He thinks they're just chicken tenders, but they're the best. So they're, they, they are. Hey, Justin's got my back. Justin loves chicken tenders too. Um, but, you know, Charles and I have also fought. I think a lot of um, our, like, real, like, where we've really, like, butted heads and fought is, is misunderstanding each other. Like, genuinely just, like, I don't understand Charles. He doesn't understand me. And it's caused us to fight. But it's also caused us to say, you know what? You are worth more than my misunderstanding. I am going to seek to understand you. I'm going to ask you questions. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come to you. And that has, like, made us brothers. That has been something that because both of us have committed to that, even though we fought, we've become brothers. And then Jeff, uh, Jeff and I once fought physically. We wrestled each other um, in a church basement. 
we were dressed as WWE wrestlers. It wasn't actually a real fight. We were pretending, and yet somehow I broke my arm. Um, <laughs> so there's a video of that out there if you ever want to see it. It's, it's, a, it's a bit much, but uh, so Jeff broke my arm. He won that fight. Christopher won the other fight. Clearly, I have a bad track record uh, with fighting. Um, but Jeff and I have also had some real fights. I think of like the car rides. We, we tend to get, end up in the same car on long trips, and then we tend to talk about God. And it's really, they're some of my favorite conversations I've ever had. But there are a lot of times where Jeff and I are like, no, this is the way God is. No, this is the way. And like getting mad at each other and, and over something that, you know, to us is a big deal. But it's also so cool because I realized that when I fight with Jeff, there are times where I'm like, oh, I want to prove him wrong. And then I'm like, wait, that is so stupid. And it's like, okay, I want to listen to him. And as we fought, we've learned to listen. We've learned. And now he's my co-leader, one of my best friends. And, and, you know, I just think about this, man. Like, I think this resonates for us. It's like, I don't really know someone until I fought with them. I don't really know what's under their skin. I don't know what, what makes them tick. And I don't know if I can actually work through it with them. Right? If you just agree on all the little things, maybe... If you have fun with them, but do you really know them? And maybe for you, you're like, you know, ladies might be like, oh, I don't like that. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's you don't really know someone until you've gone on a, car, a road trip, 10-hour road trip. Or maybe you don't really know someone until you've gone camping for the weekend. Or maybe you don't really know someone until you've stayed up until like 5 in the morning deliriously laughing with each other, right? Like at YouTube videos that are on the dregs of YouTube. Like, <laughs> you're like, how did we get here? Um... There's this sense of you don't really know someone until blank, right? And the same reality applies to God. There is this you don't know God until blank. You don't really know God until blank. What is that blank, though? What is the thing that, you, you, that differenti differentiates between knowing about God, knowing some facts and details, and actually knowing God? God. Maybe it's you don't really know God until you go to church, or you don't really know God uh, until you've been a good person, right? You do more good than bad. Or maybe you don't really know God until you give to the poor and you help out the people on high street. What is this thing, this until blank, that separates knowing about God and actually knowing God? You don't really know God until blank. Now, I'm not going to string you on. I will tell you right now. We're going to turn to the Bible. It will also be up on the screen. So if you don't have a Bible, you can open your Bible. You can turn on your Bible, meaning on your phone. Or you can just read along uh, with us. And so this is Colossians 1, uh, verse 15 through 20. Colossians was a, a letter written by Paul who was a follower of Jesus. And so he says this. This is, this is crazy. Jesus is the image of of the invisible God. He is the firstborn over all of creation. For in him all things were created. Everything was created. Things in heaven, things on earth, things that are visible and invisible, thrones, powers, rulers, authorities, all things have been created through Jesus, and not only through him, but for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in Jesus. 
and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood that was shed on the cross. I don't know about y'all, I've never met anyone that has a, a track record like that, and this is just like five verses in the Bible. I, there's no one in history that has any even close to the things said about them that has been said about Jesus. And so there's a lot in this verse, there's a lot that's said about him, but focusing on verse 15 and 19, it says this, Jesus is the image of the invisible God, and God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in Jesus. He's the image of the invisible God, and he has the fullness of God dwelling in him. So according to these verses, we could fill in the blank like this. You don't really know God until you know Jesus. If Jesus is the image of God and the fullness of God dwells within him, then we can say confidently, you don't really know God until you know Jesus. And another way you could say it is, if you know Jesus then you know God. If you know Jesus, then you know God. That, my friends, is a very, very profound statement. The entirety of Christianity, in fact, and the belief in the God of the Bible is centered on the person of Jesus. He is the foundation and the fulcrum and the central point on which everything else hangs. And without him, according to the Bible, you can't know God unless you know Jesus. So then, who is Jesus, right? There's a whole lot of stuff said about him. You know, more than the historical figure, more than like the children's stories your parents might have read you, more than the controversy of the things that he said, who is Jesus? And more important than that, who is Jesus to you? This might come as a shock uh, to some of you who grew up in the church, but it is highly probable that many people in this room Worship a Jesus who is not the Jesus of the Bible. That was my story. I, 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 I believed in someone that wasn't the Jesus who's shown in this book. Right? So maybe the Jesus you know is the Jesus your religious aunt told you about growing up. And you saw her life and you're like, well, maybe if I'm just as good as her, God will like me. Like, he, he seems to like her. I don't know if she's happy, but she does all this stuff. Or maybe the Jesus you know is just the History Channel Jesus. Right? That... Might have been a real person, you know, there's probably some proof that he was a person, but, but maybe he wasn't who, who he said he was. He was just a historical figure. Or maybe the Jesus you know is the one who all your life you just had a bunch of rules you had to follow. And you were never sure if God wasn't just angry at you, like he was just sitting there ready to throw a lightning bolt at you. Maybe the Jesus you know is the one you heard about in church who sounded really, really nice and would let you go to heaven and fish with your grandpa if you just went to church every week, right? Maybe the only Jesus you know is the Jesus who, like, the guy that's in the lair that stubs his toe and says, Jesus, like, that's the only Jesus, you know? Like, maybe the Jesus you know is the Jesus from bedtime stories of whales and fig trees and walking on water. Or maybe the Jesus you know is this holy man who's a prophet of God and someone we should model our lives after. But, you know, if we mess up and, like, you know, if we forget to go to church, like, he's, he's going to forgive us. He loves us. Like, right? He's, he's a loving God. I'm sure all of us in this room have our own idea of who Jesus is. But what I have to wonder is this. Do you know Jesus as he has revealed himself 
through his word? Do you know Jesus as he has revealed himself through this? Do you know Jesus for who he really is? I mean, I love this passage. It says the things the passage says about him. This is crazy. It says he is the image of the invisible God. It says that he is the firstborn of all creation. It says that he is the creator of everything, not just physical, but even metaphysical things. Right? He is, he is before creation. It says that he is the sustainer of all creation. The fact that this floor doesn't disintegrate and the walls don't fall down is because Jesus sustains creation. That he is the first to rise from the dead and he never has and never will die again. That he is the one who made peace through his blood shed on a cross and that he is the one who restored relationship. He made it possible for you to be friends with God. You could not be friends with God without Jesus. Is the Jesus you know this big? Because this is who he says he is. I'm going to repeat verse 19 again. God was pleased to have his fullness dwell in Jesus. This means that Jesus was not just some prophet of God or a moral teacher or a good man. This means that Jesus is God. And according to the Bible, the fullness of God dwells in him, not because God was like, ooh, like, Zach's a pretty cool guy. Like, you get my fullness. No, like, Jesus is God. And the fullness of God can dwell in him because he is God. Let me ask you again, do you know this Jesus? And it's not just the words of Paul, but Jesus himself says this about himself. In John 14, 6 and 7, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. Jesus is being clear, extremely clear. He is saying the only way to know God is to know him. No other way, no other path, no other person, no one but Jesus. This is what he says. If you know Jesus as he really is and not just who you want him to be, that's huge. There's a lot of us who want Jesus to be a certain way. But he is, he, he is, God didn't have to give us the Bible. He didn't have to reveal himself to us, but he did. And so it's a disservice to say, well, I want God to be like this. No, if we know Jesus for who he is, not just who we want him to be, then we know God and we have life. And knowing God, not just knowing about him, is the most important and the most incredible and the wisest thing you could ever do with your life. To know God is the greatest thing that could ever happen to you. I, no celebrity, no person, no amount of money, nothing. Nothing is as good as knowing Jesus. It's okay, Brandon. I drop stuff too. So why Jesus? Right? We know who Jesus, but why Jesus? Why Jesus over all the other ways? There's a lot of other people. There's a lot of other paths. There's a lot of other religions. There's a lot of other people telling you, oh, you can know God this way. You, know God, you can know God that way. Why Jesus? Why should we trust him more than anyone else to reveal God to us? And the simple answer is that he is most worthy. He is, he is the one that's most worthy. He's not just a man who talks about God. He is God revealing himself 
to us. And I think Jesus says it so well in a short story, Matthew 13, 44 through 46. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field. When a man found it, he hid it again. Right, so he's, he digs it up, he's crossing the field, and he finds the thing, he says, oh my goodness, this is worth more than anything I've ever known. And so it says, he goes home, and in his joy, he sells everything. He says, sell the house, sell the boat, sell the kids, no, don't sell the kids, um, sell everything. We have to buy this field. And he gets the treasure that's worth infinitely more than everything he gave up. And then it says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. And when he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. I don't know how much pearls cost, but I can't imagine that had to be the most special pearl in the world. But it was a joy to give up everything for that treasure, for that pearl. And Jesus, what he's saying here is that he is the treasure hidden in the field. He is the pearl of great price. He is worth selling everything you have for, not just physically, right? I'm not saying go and, go and sell your, you know, everything in your dorm. Don't sell everything in your dorm. That's not, half it's not yours. Um, <laughs> you start selling your bed and people, <laughs> RA's like, where is it? <laughs> Jesus is the one worth more than anything you could ever bargain for. And do you know why he's most worthy? Do you know why he is most qualified? It is because the fullness of God dwells in him. Look, I mean, Jesus, just think about the fact that if Jesus is God and he represents God, then this is what it means. Jesus is flawless in his character. Jesus is supreme in his authority. Jesus is dazzling in his beauty. And Jesus is blazing in his glory. Jesus is the liberator of the captives and the destroyer of depression. He, he's the, Jesus is the hope to the brokenhearted, and he's the bearer of good news. Jesus is lavish in his love. He's infinite in his knowledge. Right? He is absolutely good in his justice. He knows best, and he is limitless in his power. Jesus is faithful to the forgotten. He's merciful to the mistreated. Right? He is compassionate to the confused, and he is loving to the lost. Jesus is the creator of creativity. He is the author of time. He is the wisdom of the ages, and he is mysterious in his ways. Jesus is the most exciting person who has ever lived. He is the author of humor. Right? He is the fountain of life. He is the owner of everything. And Jesus is the personification of truth, the ruler of the world, the reigning monarch of the universe, the king of all, and the lover of your soul. Do you know this Jesus? Do you know this Jesus who is the God who created everything? Do you know this Jesus who created the smallest microbe and the most massive galaxy? Do you know this Jesus who will be closer to you than any sibling, any parent, any lover will ever be? Do you know this Jesus who is God? Because he wants to know you. He wants to know you. Jesus is the treasure hidden in the field. He is the most worthy person who ever was and ever will be. And he is not only the perfect representation of God, he is God. And Jesus, he wants to go on an adventure with you. He wants to be your closest friend. 
He wants to lead you to places you would never imagine. He wants to heal you and bind up the broken things in your life. He wants to restore relationships that you don't think could ever be restored. And he wants to be the lover of your soul. He wants to be your God. And no one is better than him. You will never find anyone who can be God in your life other than him. So I ask you again, do you know this Jesus? Or maybe for some of you, you got to add two words. Do you want to know this Jesus? It might scare you a little. You might be like, wait a second. If he's the God of the universe, he created everything, do I really want to know him? That's a little scary, and it should be. The Bible says that he is holy and awesome and blazing in his glory. God once told a man named Moses that if he saw his face, that he would die. That'd be like if Katie was like, Sean, if you come to my house, you can't see my face or you're going to die. Like, (laughs) I'm that much different than you. That's not even, God is so other and so holy and so magnificent that to even be in his presence and see him would kill us. That is how holy he is. That should cause you to shake a little bit, to fear a little bit. He is not. I mean, yes, he loves you more than anyone ever could, but, but he is a holy, powerful God. But he's also good. I think C.S. Lewis says this best. I have this book. If you've never read it, you will. Um, you have to. It's called The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. You might have seen the movie. Um, it is incredible. It's a kid's book, but man... I've cried like reading three or four of the books. And so I just want to read you this scene. So if you've never read it, um, there's these kids that get transported through a wardrobe into this world called Narnia. They come from Britain. They end up in Narnia. There's talking animals. There's all this stuff. And everyone keeps talking about Aslan, Aslan, Aslan. And the kids are like, okay. And finally there's this moment. And then one of, there's, they're talking to Mr. and Mrs. Beaver, all right? And they say, you'll understand when you see him. But shall we see him? asks Susan. Why, daughter of Eve? That's what I brought you here for. I am to lead you where you shall meet him, said Mrs. Beaver, Mr. Beaver. Is, is he a man? asked Lucy. Aslan a man, said Mr. Beaver sternly. Certainly not. I tell you, he is the king of the wood and the son of the great emperor beyond the sea. Don't you know who is the king of beasts? Aslan is a lion, the lion, the great lion. Oh, said Susan, I thought he was a man. Is he quite safe? I shall rather feel nervous meeting a lion. That you will, dearie, and no mistake, said Mrs. Beaver. If there's anyone who can appear before Aslan without their knees knocking, they are either brave, braver than most, or else just silly. Then he isn't safe, said Lucy. Safe, said Mr. Beaver. Don't you hear what Mrs. Beaver tells you? Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he is good. He's the king, I tell you. Of course he isn't safe, but he is good. If you want a safe, boring, predictable life, there are many other places you can go. But if you want to spend time with the God of the universe... If you want to live a life worth something more than just yourself, and if you want to go on the greatest adventure you will ever have, then know Jesus. And in knowing him, 
you know God. Do not just know about him, but know him. Jesus is worth following. He's worth giving our lives to. He is worth everything. And tonight, if you're at this point, you came in the room, and you were like, look, I, I thought I knew who Jesus was, right? I, I grew up in church. This was my story. Actually, 10 years ago, today, I, I just, I realized, my goodness, I don't actually know Jesus for who he is, and I want to. So maybe you came into this room, and that's you, and you realize, I don't really know Jesus. Or maybe you came in the room, and you're like, I, the guy who stubbed his toe was as much as I knew. Maybe you don't, maybe you're from a different faith. But if you have seen Jesus tonight, and you realize, this is, this is it. This is who I've been looking for. Like Christian said, this is who I've been looking for. I was looking here, I was looking there, and then I saw him. Then I want to invite you to surrender your life to the lordship of Jesus. In a few minutes, we're going to break up, like we said, into discussion questions. Our small group debrief, we're calling it. And we're going to go through some questions. But look, if you are like, not this emotional response, but if you're like, look, this is, I don't know Jesus and I want to know him. Then when we have this discussion time, please, if you don't do the questions, who cares? This is more important. This is big. Like, if you want to give your life to Jesus, 10 years ago, I would not be standing here if I didn't have this moment if I said, Jesus, I don't know you, but man, I want to. And I'll do whatever it takes to know you. That, that was it. That was, that was the beginning of surrendering my life to Jesus. And then, with the guys around me, with my brothers, I learned how to walk with him. And so we want to invite you to that. As you break up into a small group, if that's you, please don't say nothing because you feel like you have to answer the questions, right? If you want to give your life to Jesus, then ask your small group leader and walk through it together as a small group. And for the rest of us, man, if we're going to answer questions, there's just going to be four of them that we're going to put up on the screen. Um, you are not bound to this room. You don't have to, you know, stay here. I know it's kind of awkward. You have to turn or whatnot. You're welcome to stay in this room. Um, but, man, the layer's open. They're open till 11. Um, so if you guys are talking, like, if the Lord is moving, then, then don't, don't peel out, right? Like, stay together. And so there's the room out there. Uh, there's the lounge over here. So we just want to invite you guys to, like, really be honest with these questions. Ask each other. Be honest with what they're going. And then this is going to be the last thing we do. So we're not going to come back in here. We're not going to sing another song. We're not going to pray. So if you want to leave the room, make sure you take a picture. Um, but guys, like, let's go do this together. Let's, like, we, you know, it's, it's some questions. It's kind of casual whatnot. If you've had small group, it'll be similar to that. But, like, let's seek Jesus, right? Whether you're 10-year Christian or you just are like, my life just got wrecked. Like, let's be honest with Jesus, and let's be honest with our brothers and our sisters. So, you guys can break. Um, yes, if you want to stay in here, if you want to go elsewhere, let's do that together. Sound good? Cool.